0: Hey, everyone, you're listening to Superwoman. Today's guest is Sarah Pagyi Yu, the founder and CEO of Blue Land. She's an incredible founder of a company that serves to make the ordinary things we might throw away permanent, lastable, and is an inventor. And I am so proud to call her my friend. Take a listen to this incredible story about Blue Land. I'm with the incredible Sarah Pagyi Yu. One of the founders of Blue Land, which I was so excited to meet because I'm a recycling fanatic and was happy you're bringing such incredible solutions to us. So I'd love to start from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> like what inspired yeah. you to create Blue Land or tell us a little bit about your
1: entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. Blue Land is an eco friendly cleaning products brand. Um, I am a serial entrepreneur. You know, I, over the past ten years, I've launched four different brands and companies to the market. But the idea for Blue Land uh, actually just came about completely organically. Um, you know, my co-founder and I have been working on Blue Land for about three years now. We've been live in the market for only about a year and a half. But the idea came about actually when I became a new mom, um, and which is why it's no coincidence that. My son Noah is three years old, and the company we've been working on for about three years. But you know, I became a first-time mom. I breastfed for eleven months exclusively, which is one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, and so, I took my decision to finally switch over to formula really seriously. And in, in sort of stereotypical first-time mom fashion, I did a ton of research around his formula and also what kind of water I should use to mix with his baby formula. And at that point, I was open to, you know, even potentially bottled water being a better option than than tap water. And in that process, I was horrified to learn that our drinking water generally, regardless of whether it's bottled or tap, contains hundreds of pieces of microplastics and That was the first time that I started to connect the dots between all this plastic we were consuming as a society and how it's ending up in our waterways and oceans and now showing back up in the food we eat and the water we drink and the water I was using to make my son's baby formula. And so at that point, I just decided as a consumer, I was going to really try to cut out my single-use plastic. And it was really interesting because as well-intentioned as I was, I realized that I just had no choice everything seemed to come packaged in single-use plastic, whether it was toothpaste or ketchup or lotion or multi-surface cleaner. And yeah, that's kind of when I had the aha moment that, you know, given I had this background in startups and bringing new products into market, that I could have such a greater impact on our planet beyond just my own personal consumption if I could find a way to give um, other people as well more choice. Uh, which is yeah how we came up with the concept of of blue land and our mission to eliminate single use plastic packaging uh, starting with cleaning products.
0: I love that. As someone who's completely overwhelmed with the amount of plastic, I can't seem to get out of my life. I'm grateful for that. Um, I have so many questions. My first one is: Some people can't even wrap their heads around becoming a first time entrepreneur. Let alone you're a fourth time entrepreneur. So, what do you think? Is it a mindset? Do you think it's something that, like, some of us have it, some of us don't? Or is there just like, how do you even approach that idea of, okay, I'm going to start something, build it, sell it, or close it? You know, that cycle.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I really do think it's a mindset, which is why, you know, I really do enjoy sharing our story for Blue Led because there was despite being a serial entrepreneur, you know, I'm, I'm not a chemist. And everything we we've done to date was very much so science driven, R&D driven, we have like 40 patents, all and my co founder was not a chemist as well. So you know, there was no reason why we should have been able to to build this, this business, outside of, you know, we were tenacious, and we really believed in ourselves. And we also really believe that even though the answer was not clear. And at any point in time, it's, it's never entirely clear kind of w- how we should go about it and where exactly we're going. Um, you know, we believe that what we're doing is really important. And again, had the grit and, and continued to um, sort of trot down that path. And I think that mentality is just so important with entrepreneurship. I think that, you know, the timing is almost never going to be right. The idea is never going to be perfect per se. But you know, a lot of it is really believing in in yourself and your ability to figure it out along the way.
0: I think that's so true. And so important for so many women to remember, like, you can't wait till your idea is perfect to start, you just have to start. And if you look at all these companies, you know, what they were originally intended to be. I don't I don't think, you know, the Ubers, the Airbnbs, the Instagrams of the world were ever what they intended at first.
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I agree with that. And um, I think the only thing you can know for sure is that the idea that you have is not perfect, uh, but you're gonna have to put in the time and work. Um, to To figure it out and how to further optimize it, and you know how to how to take your idea and, and make it into a, a really great one.
0: Totally. So, with starting Blue Land, were there things that you encountered or challenges you experienced that you were like, "This this has not happened before," or I couldn't have an- anticipated this.
1: Yeah, I mean, every step of the way uh, was incredibly challenging. I mean, you know, even when you step back and you think about. You know, once we decided we want to focus on cleaning products and we chose cleaning sprays to start with because those products are, you know, most, most of those conventional products are over 90% water. So it really didn't make sense to me that each time you needed more cleaning solution, you were buying a new plastic bottle and also paying for a product that was 90% plus water. And so we had this idea, we're going to shrink it down into this tablet, then we could package a tablet and paper instead of plastic. And it all seemed fine, well, and exciting, except, you know, we had like 40 plus different cleaning manufacturers and like industry veterans pretty much tell us that we were crazy, that this wasn't possible, that, you know, we should realize that there's a reason why this had never been done before. And so, you know, a lot of our earliest discussions were, you know, incredibly discouraging. You know, usually with many consumer startups, you're able to find a manufacturer or supplier that you can partner with to bring your product to market. And, you know, it became very clear with, with this product that we weren't going to find one that, you know, these cleaning manufacturers all produce only liquid products. They didn't own tablet machinery. In fact, most all of their, most of their ingredients came to them as liquid instead of of solid or dry and that we were going to have to start from like truly, you know, square one and create our own formulations, which meant that we needed to find an extremely talented chemist who, you know, had deep industry, exp- uh, not only deep cleaning products experience, but also experience with dry formulations. Uh, and so we truly felt like it was a unicorn that we were looking for. And, you know, when we were confronted with that, you know, people ask, you know, how did you go about that? And really like, it, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't any, you know, crazy, you know, secret answer. We just, it was a mix of Google and LinkedIn, honestly, a lot of time spent on LinkedIn, you know, researching like hundreds of chemists, you know, pinging probably over, over 50 chemists in our journey, you know, trying to find someone that would be a fit and, and then, you know, getting that person, convincing that person to come work with for us and work with us.
0: Wow. So you're truly in the, you've been in the wild west, just almost yeah. something that just wasn't, didn't exist really.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then it felt like it was that like every step of the way, like once we thought the tablet was going to be the hardest part. And then we realized that, you know, wrapping, thinking that we were going to just be able to like wrap it in paper was extremely naive of us to think that that was going to be easy. You know, even today, like if you look, you know, you, you, you walk down Whole Foods, you walk down the snack aisle, I, can all, I can pretty confidently say like there isn't like are still not snacks on the market that come packaged in uh, paper, much less like a compostable plastic even. And sort of that's how you know, challenging it was to even find that material to then wrap our tablet in. Um, we actually you know, scoured the US. There was nothing here. We actually had to turn to Europe and then eventually you know, come up with a film that, that wasn't being used by anyone else uh, in our industry.
0: So that brings me to my dilemma, right? I'll see your social or I'll watch an incredible, I don't know, documentary on on less fewer now airplane rides, but, and I leave the airplane or I leave, you know, your feed and I'm like, okay, this is going to be the day I'm going to go to the grocery store and I'm not going to buy any plastic, right? And I have three kids. And it seems like only everything is packaged and stuff that's not recyclable for the most part. And then you get overwhelmed and you're like, okay, I'm recycling, but now I'm being told that my recycling isn't even being recycled. You know, I'm composting. So it's like, how do you how do you get people to just, I know it's just, it's easy to say, just start. But then it feels like you're up against a, a behemoth of just the inevitable.
1: 100%. No, I think, you know, I think that's why, you know even with blue land and our social you know our approach to instagram and social i've been so excited about the opportunity to be a more balanced voice in environmental sustainability out there and really encourage people with this notion of progress over perfection right and and that progress is still progress because you know trying to be perfect in this space is is pretty it, it's pretty close to impossible and extremely overwhelming and not realistic and and certainly not a reason we would want for people to just you know give up and and not try at all i think you know on the flip side there are so many easy ways that people can you know incrementally introduce habits or behaviors in their day-to-day lives that are better for the planet um, and we think that's great. Obviously, you know, there's a quote out there. It's much better to have a million people doing, you know, zero waste and perfectly than, than one person doing it quickly. And, you know, I think that's absolutely the case. And I think, you know, we're trying to, um, you know, make eco easy, not just through our own products, um, but by really empowering and, and providing that, you know, edu- education and encouragement to others to, you know, really take what whatever small steps that each of us can. And you know, I think the same we've taken the same approach sort of with our product development as well to the extent that we understand that, you know, we didn't want to create a product that was just purely for the environmentalists. You know, s- surely there are a subset of people out there that are willing to do, you know, really go above and beyond for the planet. Um, and pay up um, for the planet, but we we realized to really maximize our environmental impact, we need to extend beyond that audience and you know reach a broader market and you know ideally to get our products in every household in America. And to do that, we had to flip you know some of these traditional stereotypes of eco friendly on its head. Where you know a lot of people believe that eco friendly products are going to be more work, more expensive, less effective, and you know, we really aim to make our products, you know, money saving with our $2 tablets as effective as conventional brands and really easy easy to use because, uh, you know, we know those hurdles are there. And, you know, especially the moms, which are, you know, a, a big segment of, of, of our core customer base, you know, very well intentioned, but ultimately, you know, busy and also savvy. So, you know, trying to strike that right balance.
0: So I feel like sometimes, living in New York, you can think a brand is everywhere, but you've done an incredible job of getting out there of launching. Do you have any tried and true practices that might be helpful for my listeners that would just be like techniques you've used to get out there stronger or, you know, ways in which you've reached, you know, communities outside of, you know, these small hubs where we think the world revolves around us when it doesn't necessarily.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the biggest asset to our brand, certainly, and, and I think to marketers everywhere has been the emergence of Instagram, right? It is such a powerful channel where, you know, a ton of people really, you know, a ton of your, you know, target customers really do enjoy spending their time as a form of entertainment, um, but as also a, a channel for you know, exploration and education and we've really, you know, made that a, made that channel a priority to the highest level. I am, you know, we're a year and a half in, but I am still um either writing or editing, you know, the caption for every single post that goes up. I'm weighing and heavily if not, you know, selecting and directing, you know, what posts what, you know, posts go up on our feed and our stories and, you know, most importantly, I um am listening. So I have you know, we have at this point, you know, over 200,000 followers. And, you know, I have the notifications on for everything. So like every, every message we get every comment we get, I do get a ping on my phone, I surely don't read every DM or or comment. But it's important for me to get a sense of of the flow and the types of comments that are are coming in. And also the tone in which um, they're coming in. Because it really keeps me close to our product and, and feedback from from our community. And so, you know, I, I found it to be an invaluable resource as a, you know, marketing arm, but as well as a, you know, a customer insights tool. And on the marketing side, you know, I say that I, I'm very involved there too, because, you know, there's, I, I at least don't believe there's ever a silver bullet on the social side. And you know, certainly I do get asked a lot how we were able to grow so quickly and in, in just over a year. And I think people expect me to provide some sort of formula or, you know, saying like, you know, once a week post a product shot and twice a week do an eco t- tip, you know, etc. And, you know, that certainly has not, you know, been the case. And we are, you know, constantly you know, testing things with our community, seeing what works, what what they're interested in, and also what what's worked. You know, six months ago may, may no longer be working anymore. And so, you know, it it does require a proactive mentality uh, to to continue to, you know, I- improve and and grow that engagement.
0: So when you said you're still doing the uh the captions, it got me thinking. Like I'm still doing the captions. I'm <laughs> that, and people are like, "How do you do?" that and the yeah. writing the emails and the content and the podcast and you're writing a book. And like, you know, I do, I do say I rely on a team to obviously help, but I can't do this alone. So do you have like, how do you do it? And, you know, you're still a mom, you're pregnant. So like, what are your tips?
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that you the first point you made is spot on. It is, you know, surrounding yourself with amazing people and a team that that can help support you and also learning myself to, to let go of things where I, I can't have the most impact and also let go of things that I need to let go of so the team around me can grow and, and, and grow in ownership. And so I think you know that certainly has been been a journey for me. You know I'm finally in a place where I'm not, you know, nitpicking on every email subject line or all the email copy, et cetera. Uh, I think Instagram has certainly been an area that's been a little harder for for me to let go just because of how important I do believe it is. Um, But I think overall, too, is just, you know, with startups, especially, you know, also being a working mom, especially it is being very intentional about, you know, where I decide to spend my time and focus because ultimately, you know, there's never going to be enough Time or resources or money to do everything we want to do to the level of quality that we want to do. And so, you know, whether, you know, it's for the team as a company deciding every year what are the two or three priorities that, you know, we're really going to nail as a team, or even, you know, or for me individually, you know, every single day deciding. You know, if there are two things I must do today, what are those two things and same thing with the week? if there are two things I must do this week, what are those things to just help you know keep me on track um and and focus on the areas that I can be most impactful, yeah,
0: what would you say your biggest challenge has been thus far, and how did you overcome it, or have you not yet?
1: Yeah, I think from a personal perspective, you know it, it certainly has been finding that balance between work and and family you know and personal life i think that i am proud of how far i've come and where i am at the moment i think i'm i'm finally you know sort of at peace and comfortable in my skin and i'm okay saying that you know i can't do it all i can't have it all all the time like all right now and and that's okay i think you know earlier on in my career I felt like there was a pressure to be perfect to you know not just you know run a successful company but also be working out and getting 8 hours of sleep and spending you know sufficient time with my 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 kids and you know having a very interesting reading list that I was you know getting through uh, quite a clip. And I think, you know, now I'm, I'm, you know, very comfortable saying that I've been able to prioritize what parts of my life are most important to me and that it's okay. If I'm at a stage in my life right now where I'm not working out, you know, every week and, you know, I'm not reading a ton of books that that's okay. And, you know, I, I just need to make sure that I'm, you know, showing up for, for myself first and foremost, and then, you know, my, my team and my family, um, then for others, it kind of goes back to, you know, a great quote I've heard about, you know, you need to put on your oxygen mask first. And I think I was stuck in this mentality for a while where I felt like I had to be a hero and, you know, put myself last almost in every respect.
0: Yeah, I feel like one of the few things from COVID that's been a silver lining is being forced to slow down. And like you said, put my oxygen mask on first. I felt like I was constantly giving everything to my company and giving everything to my family. And even if today me, me, my my oxygen mask is that I work out for an hour and I am eating healthier. Like that, that's a start, you know, I think, cause we, I think as mothers, we tend to want to give so much. That's like, totally. that's why the giving tree was written.
1: (laughs) Yes. No, that's, that's right. That's right. And it's interesting. I think COVID especially, I think the first few months was really, hard for for me as well as a lot of mothers I spoke with because just the fact that you know we're still at home right 24/7 like while trying to work it just amplifies the fact that you know we are we do spend a lot of you know hours of our day away from our children working and that is completely okay but it is inc- it can be incredibly guilt inducing yeah totally
0: so i have two questions i like to ask all my guests what is something we'd be surprised to know about you and can really cover anything personal, professional, embarrassing, not embarrassing but surprising?
1: Yeah. Um I think a, a big one that people were surprised to hear is that I've been risk averse for most all of my like most all of my life. I feel like, you know, despite having been a serial entrepreneur for the past at least 10 years and that started when I was at business school. So I got to Harvard Business School, and I really applied in the pretense that I was going to move from finance, which is sort of one, you know, cookie cutters, like safe, well-trodden path and move into like, I was going to like, move, uh, go corporate and move into like, go to some big company and just like, climb the corporate ladder for the rest of my life, like entrepreneurship, like, truly did not cross my mind. I felt like, you know, my whole life, I needed a roadmap and a plan that was like five to 10 years out. I have literally got straight A's like my entire life, went to Harvard for undergrad, graduated top of my class, like all those things. Like I was such a box checker. And then, yeah, inspiration completely struck when I was in business school. And since then, you know, I've thrown out this notion that you need a plan. I'm a full believer that life can take you to, to many interesting wonderful, unexpected places and that it's really hard to connect the dots forward. And I've, you know, personally been so much happier and more and, and fulfilled since, you know, I've I've espoused sort of that that philosophy.
0: Yeah, I think it's hard. I, I don't know if you're type A, but I'm type A and I feel like it's really hard to get off that box checking high, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely, 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 definitely. But I think the nice thing is as you get older, you finally, you know, you've had so many more, like you have so much experience, having done things that you thought were going to make you really happy or achieve things that you thought were going to make you really happy. And you realize that they didn't or, and, you know, other things that you've experienced that you surprisingly did, you know, find incredibly fulfilling and you, and you start to learn that there, there there's more to life than than checking those, oh, checking those boxes. Totally. totally. It
0: does come with age. It's kind of one of those things that annoys me, like when you're in love with someone and everyone's talking you out of, you know, out of it because he's so bad. And then later on, you're like, oh, he was bad. It's kind of like yeah. that. It's like, stop checking the boxes, everybody. Totally. Be totally. And then it's only when you're like, I don't know, I'm turning 40 this year. So like turning 40 i'm like i don't need to be doing that
1: no absolutely 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 i think it's also having become a mom i mean i watching my son right like he's just there's just like so much joy right like so happy to wake up like so happy to like like watch ants and it's funny because like it just makes me reflect on like as we grow up like in this in our own pursuit of happiness we do we overlook joy, right? I feel like there's so many times that I worked so hard for things that I thought would make me happy, whether it was work or breastfeeding for 11 months exclusively. And then I was too busy or too tired to really experience that that joy.
0: Yeah, agreed. I think we need to focus more on that, I love that. I wanna ask you one other question, which uh, I usually end the podcast with, but if there was a piece of advice you could pass on, whether it was something you learned or something that someone told you that was invaluable, what would it be?
1: My dad had a saying that he always loved to refer to of how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is w- one bite at a time. And I've I've really loved that because, you know, I think oftentimes so many of the things that we face in life, you know, personal or professional can be so overwhelming and daunting and we may not know where to start, but I think the important, you know, part of it is, is, that, you know, you know, you don't have to run this marathon right now all at once, right? I think, you know, as long as you're moving, you're moving forward, right? You know, focusing on the next obstacle in front of you and, you know, tackling that to your, the best of your ability, before you know it, you know you'll look back and, and you'll see that you've you've come such a long way and you've learned and you've you've grown and I think that mentality has again helped me so much through you know obviously not not just with with startups and you know building something like Blue Land um, but also you know a range of personal you know issues that 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 I've that I've come to face over the years.
0: Awesome, that is totally true and it's great advice i love it so one last thing where can we find you support you buy your products etc
1: yes so you can check us out at blueland.com and you can follow us on instagram at blueland and you can find me at Spygy, s p a i j i.
0: awesome thank you so much sarah and um, maybe i'll see you soon or not Yeah, i have a baby and then i'm <laughs> right out for another three months <laughs>